Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. I love seeing them enjoy this math program and grow in their mathematical journey. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am thrilled to have Ginger Hubbard back with me again today and so glad that you guys have joined us as well. Ginger is such an encouragement to me. If you missed parts one and two on Monday and Wednesday, go back and listen to those. You will absolutely be encouraged. This is part of our Meet the Cast lineup. And as mentioned previously, Ginger is an important part of the cast of the Schoolhouse Rocked movie that's coming out in less than two weeks. You guys can find out more about the movie at schoolhouserocked.com. Ginger, it's really fun to have you and your family in the movie. We interviewed you at a homeschool convention, but as part of the film, we actually show several pictures, which we mentioned of you and your kids as, as they were growing up and just kind of through your homeschool and parenting years. And so as you're kind of talking back about that, um, it's fun to just see where your kids are today, which you addressed in the last episode and just how your obedience to raise your kids up biblically has resulted in who they are today as adults. And, you know, that is our greatest prayer for our girls is not just that we would send them off and say, okay, we did our job. We homeschooled you. We read the Bible with you. We taught you about Jesus. Now, good luck. We want our kids to thrive in their relationship with the Lord. And one of the ways that we do that, of course, is is through homeschooling, but through parenting, because home education, only a you know part of it is the academics. But so much of homeschooling is the parenting. And I think that's why homeschooling is so important, because when you take, when you put kids in a school, no one is going to work day in and day out to reach the heart of children like their parents will. Because those teachers, I, I'm not going to say that they don't care. Some of them don't care. And actually, some of them really do care about their hearts um, in the wrong way. And some of them really do care about their hearts biblically. But no teacher in the world knows your kids, loves your kids, is as committed to your kids as mom and dad. And so, you know, I I just, as I think through parenting and I think through all the hours that we would miss getting to train their hearts, I can't imagine a better way to do that than having them at home with us. It's such a, a privilege and an opportunity, but it's also a responsibility. And so we talked in the last episode, we had you answer one of the questions that you often get that you've answered on your podcast, Parenting with Ginger Hubbard which is a fantastic podcast all about parenting. Ginger answers people's questions about that. Um, And so we talked about a scenario of two kids fighting over a toy. Uh, But I want to take that a little bit deeper. And I want to talk about how to teach our kids to resolve conflict in general, because obviously it's not always about a toy. It can be about, you know, kids aggravating each other. Um, I know, you know, my kids do that. I did that with my sister when I was growing up, arguing, tattling on each other, all the things that come with sibling relationships that can just drive mom and dad to want to pull their hair out and mm-hmm. just scream at the top of their lungs. I'm like, just 
stop it, you know, stop <laughs> the insanity. Um, so how did you work with your kids and how do you advise other parents to work through learning how to resolve, resolve that conflict biblically? Well, I think that parents love scenarios. They love to hear examples of how these kind of things can actually play out and the conversations that we can have with our kids to really teach them how to resolve conflict biblically. So I remember when this really, the importance of teaching them to resolve conflict biblically really hit me. And it was when my kids were young and Wesley, my son, he was going through this phase where he was intentionally and constantly aggravating his younger sister, Alex. And his favorite thing that he would do, Yvette, is what he affectionately referred to as the lion game. (laughs) And like a lion, like a tiger Uh lion, that kind of thing. And he would get down on all fours like a lion, uh, just snarling and growling and drooling as he would charge after her through the house. Now, I don't know why she didn't like that, <laughs> but she didn't. And he would also come up with all of these other games, and I'm putting quotes around the word games, that were very irritating at her expense. Mm-hmm. And I got so tired of repeating the same instructions all day long, which was, Wesley, stop. Right. Wesley, quit. <laughs> Wesley, Alex doesn't like that. And he would stop what I told him to do because I had taught him to obey, but he would just move on to something equally as irritating. (laughs) And his response was the same every time. He would say, yes, ma'am, but I'm just playing with her. And again, for our listeners whose kids don't say ma'am and sir, I know that is a very Southern (laughs) thing. It is not a biblical mandate that your kids say sir and ma'am, but it's going to naturally come out of my mouth because (laughs) I am Southern and I taught my Southern kids. And you say y'all and drink sweet tea. Exactly. I do all all the things, all the Southern things. So anyway, it was just this, I was so frustrated because it was this never-ending cycle all day, every day. And so this is what our home looked like all day, all day long, Yvette, for yeah. hours, every day. It was me. Wesley, stop. Yes, ma'am, but I was just playing with her. Wesley, quit. Yes, ma'am, but I was just playing <laughs> with her. Wesley, Alex doesn't like that. Yes, ma'am, but mom, I'm just playing with her. And so see, the problem is that I was not looking at it as a heart issue. And he wasn't looking at it as a heart issue. And the reason why the problem continued all day long, but just manifested itself in different forms is because that outward behavior was the only thing that I was addressing. You see, I saw as the mom, the common denominator of each behavior, but Wesley lacked the skill to evaluate his own heart. Therefore, he really, he really honestly couldn't discern the wrong in what he was doing. And so for all this time, I realized that I had failed to reach his heart. I had failed to probe his heart. I had failed to draw out the sin that was causing him to constantly aggravate his sister. And I became, again, very frustrated with telling him over and over and over the answer, which was to stop aggravating her. But you see, that was the whole problem. I just kept giving him the answer without teaching him why that was the answer. If he understood his own heart and his own wrong motive, he would be able to govern his own behavior rather than me always having to tell him to stop. So finally, after it had gone on way longer than it should have, I finally smartened up and I realized I was going to have to work backwards from the behavior to the heart. So every time he began to aggravate her, I would ask him heart probing questions to help him evaluate his own heart. Yeah. So I want to talk about some of those heart probing questions that you would ask. And I know you mentioned those, um, some of those questions when you were talking about um, the fighting over the toys um, yesterday in the podcast, but I want to talk a little bit deeper about those and some more, because there's more than just one question that you would ask. And that's kind of where wise words for moms comes in. 
as well and um, the books that you've written. So let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about that. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com. We are back with Ginger. Um, I wanna talk about these heart probing questions because you keep mentioning these and you mentioned a few of them when it came to the, the fighting over the toys. But in that situation, what would you have asked Wesley? What would be the heart probing questions that you would have asked him to get him to start, stop aggravating his sister? Okay, so he's playing the lion game. He's chasing her through the house. She's screaming and crying and <laughs> obviously not happy. And so, so just a few heart probing questions. Well, here's what I asked him. I said, Wesley, honey, judging from your laughter, you seem to be having a great time growling and chasing your sister. Are you having as much fun as you look like you're having? He just kind of, yeah, I am. <laughs> and, I, and then I said, uh, well, tell me, is Alex having as much fun as you are? And he thought for a second and he said, well, no, ma'am. And I said, tell me, Wes, what is Alex doing? And he said, well, she's screaming and crying. <laughs> <laughs> and so sometimes you just have to get them to think, just yeah. stop and think about what they're doing and what it's causing, um, you know, the, the feeling of someone else. And so then I said, honey, are you delighting? And Alex is suffering because love does not delight in someone else's suffering. And Yvette, I don't remember if it took two weeks or two months of, of me going through over and over these same sort of heart probing questions because it's been so many years ago. They're now in their 20s. Yeah. But I do remember when I finally experienced that amazing fantastic, victorious parental <laughs> moment. I remember that like it was yesterday. So he was aggravating her with the lion game, chasing her through the house, of course. That was his favorite thing. And I was just about to intervene with these same questions that I always asked him when all of a sudden, right before I intervened, he stopped. And you could just see it in his face. It was like this light bulb went off. His brain had finally connected with his heart. And he looked at his sister and in all sincerity, he said, Alex, will you forgive me for making you cry? Oh, wow. It was so precious. But now I'm not about to tell you that it never happened right. again because <laughs> it did. But there was a tremendous improvement. And when it did happen, every single time I would take that time, I would stop and I would just walk him back through those same sort of questions and guide him to think through and evaluate his own motives. And after doing that over and over, all of a sudden, it starts becoming more and more often that as soon as he would begin to aggravate her and she would become unhappy, he would apologize and stop that behavior on his own. And it's because he was able to draw from the understanding that he had gained by learning how to evaluate his own heart. That's amazing. So after he's learning to evaluate his heart and after he is is really thinking through, you know, that it's not just about him and his happiness, but it's also about this other person who's in his world. Um, who's not happy. <laughs> who's, who's not happy. <laughs> um, it's really neat to just see how the Lord can use our obedience as parents to ask those heart probing questions. So here's, here's my heart probing question for you, Ginger. How as parents, for I know for myself, it doesn't always come naturally 
to mm-hmm. know what to ask. And I'm sure it didn't for you. It's not like you had a script and all the perfect questions and answers. Um, how how can a mom who maybe just naturally doesn't know what to ask mm-hmm. learn what questions to ask in the moment with her children? Well, step one is to look at that outward behavior and try to figure out what is going on in the heart. Then you can develop questions to ask them because we can't judge the motives of our kids, Mm -hmm. but we can kind of assume sometimes just by the way they're behaving, what their motives might be. So all behavior is linked to a particular attitude of the heart. So the first thing we want to do is look at that outward behavior, try to figure out what is the root cause of that behavior, what is at the heart, and then just construct some questions um, to ask them that. So what I did is, you know, whatever struggle my kids were having, I just sat down and took the time to think up in in a time of non-conflict to think up some questions, two or three questions that I could ask that I knew would probe their heart and cause them to evaluate their own heart. And then Uh, Steps two and three, we want to teach them what to put off. What does God's word say about that particular behavior and what it can lead to if it's continued? And then step three is what to put on how to replace what is wrong with what is right. So to me, that's the key, because when we're in the heat of the moment, we're usually not going to respond the right way. But if we look at the things that our kids are struggling with, and we go ahead and come up with a plan of action, and we have that right at our fingertips, we're going to be more accountable, and we're going to be more gentle and loving in the way we approach the struggles that they have, because it's kind of hard to scream the Word of God at them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So really, that's where, that is why, that's the whole reason, Yvette, that I created my Wise Words for yep. Moms chart. All I did is I just took all these behaviors that kids struggle with, and I put them in alphabetical order. There's 22 different behaviors, and then I basically did the home work for the mom because because I know you're busy. I know those mamas out there are very busy and they're thinking, you know, I don't know what kind of questions to ask and I don't have time. I'm homeschooling all these kids and cooking and cleaning and taking care (laughs) of my man and all this kind of stuff. I just don't have time. And so I, I just looked up all of the scriptures that is the heart problem behind all of these outward behaviors. And then I've put them in this little chart so that it's right at your fingertips. I had mine hanging in my kitchen. Yeah. And it really helped me so much when I was in the heat of the moment and my sweet little angels grew horns and I was at a loss for words. Yeah. And so I just think having a plan of action, pre-thinking before you're in the heat of the moment, how am I going to address this? How am I going to get to the heart? And where, most importantly, where in the word of God can I point my children for help? Ultimately, all of those opportunities, instead of viewing them as being frustrating moments of inconvenience for us, we want to view them as precious opportunities to point our children to their need for Christ, that they are sinners in need of a Savior, just like we are, yeah. and that Jesus Christ is our only hope for for change, for healing, for restoration, for forgiveness, and for change. Yeah. So that's what we want to do. I, I want to actually read um, really quickly from Wise Words for Moms, because I want moms to really understand what this is. It, it Like you said, it's a chart. It looks kind of like a calendar. If you're watching the video, you can see this. Um, but if not, you go on Ginger's website um, and look look it up. But she has all of these different behaviors of children, and one of them is complaining. And so there's a a column that says heart probing. Uh, it's got the heart probing questions, and then there's another one that says reproof. That's the putting off, and then another one that says encouragement. And then she's got scripture to go with it. So I'm going to just look at complaining. So the heart probing question would be: Is it your is your attitude showing thankfulness and contentment? And then the second question is, rather than complaining, what can you be thankful for in this situation? 
And you guys, the, I'm telling you, this is one of the most powerful resources and tools that you can have as a mom. And I mean, this ginger, I, I want to say it's like $5, right? For this. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's $5. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. For the wise words for moms. It is just a simple thing. Put it on your account, on your refrigerator or somewhere in your kitchen. And I, I used it a lot more, of course, when my kids were really young and they would get in a fight or they would complain or they would do something. And I would just say, I just need you to go to your room right now. And I would take a minute and it was kind of funny. It was almost like this secret thing. I would like go to my wise words for moms. And I'm like, do, 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 do. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. This is how I can help my kids resolve this specific sin in their heart. And I would look up the heart probing questions. I would figure out how to help them work through it. And then we would sometimes look up the scripture that went along with it. And um, this is such a great resource. We will, of course, put the link to this, but it is one of the most powerful things. And so as you're learning to ask heart probing questions, Ginger literally will come alongside of you <laughs> and help you with wise words for moms to do it. So it's not like you have a whole book. I mean, she has excellent books, of course, that you want to read as well, but this is just a simple go-to chart. Look it up really quickly. So, um, okay. One last question. I just wanted to throw that in there because I, I just think it's such an important tool for us as parents to use. Um, at, at, you've, you've got your kids to the point where you're asking the heart probing questions how do you then, especially when it comes to conflict, how do you teach the, teach your kids to resolve conflict biblically? Okay. So we've already pretty much, we always want to start with the heart probing questions mm -hmm. because that's going to help them get past that outward behavior and right. figure out what is going on in the heart. So, you know, with Wesley aggravating Alex, uh, Wesley was my aggravator, let me just say this, and Alex was my tattletale. God was so gracious to bless me with one of each. And so, um, but the way that I taught them to resolve conflict biblically, our goal is that they can do it on their own. Uh -huh. So, right. and the way I accomplish this is through the use of role playing. That's going to start teaching them how to do it on their own. Now, at first, it's going to involve us helping them to do it. But role playing is a great way of teaching children how to resolve any kind of conflict because role playing is an extremely effective tool in training them how to put what they're what they're learning, what you're telling them into practice. When they put that knowledge gained into practice, it actually becomes part of their lives. And that training is going to stick better when they learn how to use it in a hands-on situation. So just for the sake of time, let's just um, let me just give you a quick example of how I used role playing uh, to teach my kids how to resolve conflict biblically. And for the sake of time, I'm just going to stick to the same scenario that I just okay. gave you. Sure. All right. So although Alex started out as the victim. Uh, with the lion game, with Wesley chasing her through the house, Alex was still sinful in how she responded. So let's go back to the scene. Alex is being chased down the hall by the ferocious lion, <laughs> and she is screaming and crying. And here's where the tattletale part comes in as she leads that lion right to mama's feet. Uh -huh. You know you know what she's doing. Right, right. And of course, her voice is amplified as if at the other end of the house instead of right in front of her. And she screams at the top of her lungs, Wesley's being mean to me. Now, that was a very mild impression because I told you Alex is very dramatic. It was usually uh, blood curdling. Right. <laughs> and, and Alex coming to me and screaming that, what she's done there is she has become what the Bible calls a talebearer, or as we say today, a tattletale. Mm -hmm. And it seems that she would very much like to see her brother in serious trouble. So I have Wesley. I've already heart probed him with aggravating his sister. So now I want to heart probe her. And then I'm going to walk you through how to how to resolve it, teach them how to resolve it biblically. But okay. you always want to start with the heart probing questions. So Alex is tattling. This is going to help those mamas out there listening that have the tattletale. 
Okay. So I would probe her heart with something very simple like, Alex, honey, um, have you asked your brother in private to stop chasing you? Mm -hmm. Did you try to work this out with him before you brought it to me? And she says, no. And then I ask, Alex, honey, would you rejoice in seeing your brother get in trouble? Now, she looked as if she were considering that and leaning toward the yes end of it. And so I reminded her about Proverbs 17, 5. And all of these verses are in my wise words for mom's chart. Okay, so it's not like you have to think of them on your own. They're already organized in that chart for you. So I reminded her about Proverbs 17, 5, which is under the category of tattling. Uh And that verse says, he who is glad at calamity will not go unpunished. Mm -hmm. Now, calamity is a big word. And she was a little girl at this point. So I phrased it in a way that she could understand. I just said something like, sweetheart, if you are delighting in getting your brother in trouble, then you will get in trouble. And in our home, the tattler faced the same consequences as the other child. Mm-hmm. And so, and then here is where, here's what I'm talking about where the role playing comes into play. Uh, and this is going to teach them how to resolve conflict biblically. Rather than telling both of them what they should have done and then just leaving it at that, I took it a step further and I had both of them go and put that verbal training into practice. And let me just explain to you how very, very simple, this may sound complicated, but it is so not how very simple this is. I just simply had both of them go back to the scene of the crime Mm -hmm. (laughs) where the lion first began the attack. And I actually put the words in Alex's mouth. It's okay to do that. They're little. They don't know how to communicate the right way. They don't know how to communicate with self-control. And so you can model that for them and actually give them the words to say and the tone to say it in if necessary. Right. And so I just, this is how easy it is. I said, Alex, tell Wesley, please stop chasing me and growling at me. And she said, please stop chasing me and growling at me. (laughs) I said, Wesley, tell your sister, okay. And he said, okay. It is that simple. It's not always easy to be consistent in implementing, but it really is simple and it really doesn't take that much time to do that. But by doing this, by having them go back and do it the right way, what I'm doing there is I'm training them in what's right, right. rather than just rebuking them for what is wrong. Yeah. I'm teaching them to put off corrupt and deceitful desires and to put on the holiness and the righteousness of God. So all that to say, no matter what the conflict is, whether it's aggravating one another, arguing, tattling, the key to teaching them how to resolve conflict biblically is to simply just walk them through how to do it. Yeah. When we just say as parents things like, which is wrong to do this, when we say things like, stop aggravating your sister or you're going to get it or go to your rooms until you can stop arguing. And don't think I haven't been guilty of those things because (laughs) I have, even though I knew better, I still was guilty of some of those things sometimes Or, or something like, you know, no TV tonight until you guys can get along better. When we do that, we're not training and instructing. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 13, 5 says that when we're tempted, God always provides us with a way out. He always gives us a means of escape. And so we want to do that with our kids. We don't want to just tell them what not to do. We want to give them that means of escape, provide them with that way out by teaching them what to do. So we want to walk them through what is right and require them to practice it. And that's how we teach them to resolve conflict biblically. I love it. You want to know what my favorite thing about all of this is, Ginger is that when we're raising our kids, they're only under our roof for such a short time, 18 years of their, you know, what, 80, 90 years of their life or however long they live. It's a very short time, but that is the most important time, the most critical time of training them for the rest of their life and in their marriages and in their relationship with their friends and their children. And when we can train our children to think biblically, to resolve conflict biblically, 
to put on the full armor of God, really, um, Mm -hmm. as God calls us to, they take that into the rest of their adult life. And if you, you know, just, just imagine how many marriages would succeed, how many heart, you know, how many less hearts would be broken, how strong we would be in our families if parents would take the time to train up their children in biblical righteousness. Mm-hmm. It would change everything. Right. And so, you know, the, the important thing about this is I think that moms so often think, you know, I see all these people doing all these other things. I see people speaking. I see people, you know, doing podcasts and, and you know, whatever it is that they do, serving in children's ministry. And all I'm doing is I'm at home with my kids all day long mm. and I'm dealing with my kids. I'm resolving conflict. I'm, you know, refereeing their fights. I'm changing diapers. I'm doing dishes. I'm cooking meals. I'm, I'm just a mom. I'm just a stay at home mom. Where's my platform? This is your platform moms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is what God's called you to do. You're raising up this next generation of kids and you're teaching them how to respond to life in a biblical way so that they can then take that to their families and raise up the next generation of kids who will know how to respond biblically to the dangers and the hardships and the heartaches that we encounter. That's right. And man, it's just, it's such an important job that we have as moms. Mm-hmm. And I think it, moms well, often the, don't realize it. Yeah. It's the high calling of motherhood. Amen. There is no greater joy, yeah. no greater privilege than being able to stay home with our kids and to help shape their little hearts and to point them to their need for Jesus and how to resolve conflict and how to put others first and how to love Jesus. That is the, that's the big, that's, that's the great commission. Right. We should never walk past our children to minister to someone else. I mean, it's okay to have a podcast. It's okay to have a speaking ministry, but we, but we need to make sure we're not walking past our families and ministering to our own kids in order to minister to others. Yeah. Amen. Well, Ginger, that's a great way to wrap this up. Um, Thank you so much for joining us this week. You are such a blessing to me. I'm so grateful for you, for your ministry, for your friendship, um, for your podcast and all that you do. You guys can find out more about Ginger at gingerhubbard.com. Make sure you look up her podcast and listen to it. It's Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. It is excellent. Um, Listen to that now. You're already on a podcast. So just switch on over to Ginger's and listen to hers. Now it's really fun. You can actually tell pretty well through your titles what topic you're going to be addressing on that particular podcast. It makes it really easy. So um, be sure to listen and and share that with your friends. And then you guys, please go to schoolhouserocked.com. Find out all the details you need to know about Schoolhouse Rock, the homeschool revolution. It's the movie. It's coming out Friday, November 12th. It's less than two weeks away. Get your popcorn ready. Gather your friends together. Invite them over to your home. Or you can plan a group event and and, uh, show it at your church or at your co-op or somewhere um, that will offer the ability to show this film. We are so excited about it. Cannot wait to get it into your hands. Very excited about you guys getting to see this. And Um, you know, just anxious to see the impact that it will make for generations to come. So thank you for listening today. We will be back with you next week with another fantastic guest. Until then, have a good afternoon. Bye. Every year, parents just like you are discovering Classical Conversations, a vibrant, supportive Christian homeschooling program that's been equipping parents since 1997 with the resources, tools, guidance, and encouragement they need to homeschool their children with confidence and prepare them for a lifetime of success. 
Visit our website at classicalconversations.com to find a nearby community and learn more about homeschooling the Classical Conversations way. Classical Conversations. Christian homeschooling simplified.